0: Welcome to the Wing Life Podcast, where we talk about wing foiling and the lifestyles of those who enjoy this great sport. All right. Hey, everybody. How's everybody tonight?
1: Hey, Luke. Glad to be back for part two. Thanks for hosting again. Absolutely.
0: Thanks for joining. I'm just in my car here, so don't mind the sun and the awkwardness. I'm going to turn my video off. All right. Maybe what we'll do, like we did last time, is do a quick uh, is do a quick walk around the room to see who's with us and see where you're from. And then uh, last time, what we talked about was we talked about boards, what boards to kind of get into wing foiling with. We talked about a little bit of foils. This time, we were going to focus a little bit more on wings, and then also go into impact vests, all that kind of other stuff, the accessory stuff learning. But if you guys obviously want to talk about boards, especially because some of you guys are new this tonight, just let us know, and we can always—we got a lot of experts here, so we can kind of talk about that at leisure. But um, maybe we'll start. I don't know if everybody can see the to see the screen here, but we can start clockwise. So maybe Jislen on the top left. We can talk. Um, maybe just introduce yourself and let us know where you're from and and where you're okay, at on your foiling journey.
2: Jocelyn uh, Amel, I'm from Saguenay and oh,
0: cool. uh, I am I am a windsurfer
3: and I'm new to to wing, to wing surfing. Okay.
0: That's awesome. Where do you go out in Quebec?
3: In Saguenay in Lac Saint-Jean, Lac Saint-Jean Saguenay oh.
0: mainly. Oh. Very nice. Oh very nice all right um alain
3: um i'm from victoria i retired in victoria two years ago i was in asia for the last 27 years and uh, i'm kite border kite foiler i'm new to wing foiling i managed to uh, master the beast i think uh, um this summer so so I'll, i'll be spending a bit of time at ross bay managed to get away from the kelp and get out in the waves yeah the kelp there is insane i know i know it's uh, so it's been a process but uh hopefully this winter will be uh will be fine so
0: oh yeah awesome awesome it. yeah
4: Cheers.
0: thanks for sharing um i don't know if it's olivier or oliver
4: yeah it's uh, olivier i'm from uh, Granby, quebec not far from uh, montreal i just started in uh i just started winging this summer and uh I do not master the beast for the moment. So I'm uh, in the learning process. Starting, I did a few flights, but short distances.
0: Okay, awesome. Hey, thanks for joining us. Thanks. We're going to go Thomas Partois.
2: Yeah, Thomas Patois. Hi guys. Um, So I'm from from Ottawa. Uh, I'm a kite surfer, um, but I don't kite in Ottawa. Um, I kite mostly when there are good winds, and uh, and wing foil was on my radar. And I was lucky to try last winter uh, at uh, Elmer um, with my snowbird. I really liked it. And um, I had a few try with, uh, on the SUP but uh, had problems. It was a too small of a board. I tried also efoil which was kind of a blast, but also the board was small. So I, I just got a, a wing. Uh, I, I bought one. I was able to get one. I'm looking to the next to use it this winter on on the lake, a frozen lake. But okay. most, more importantly, maybe a, uh, for spring to go and, and find a board. And I'm looking forward for tips on what board, board to uh, maybe to start with. Um, okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks for joining us. Thanks for sharing. All right, Peter, you're up next. Uh, all
5: right. Hi, everybody. I'm uh, Peter. Uh, I'm out in uh, uh, near Calgary at Ghost Lake. And so uh, that is where we uh, wing behind me. And um, just new to it this uh, this year, I'm a surfer. And so uh, was able to kind of get going um, and looking to figure out how to get a, a setup for the uh, that'll let me wing and Eight knot winds, ten knot winds here in Alberta, and trying to figure out the density of air Ooh, and how yeah. big to go and all that stuff.
0: So okay, awesome, cool. Well, we got a we got a good crew. We can definitely help you out with that. We got Tom. Uh, where are you? Where are you at tonight, there, sir Tom? Oh. Hey,
6: am I he- muted? No, you can hear me. No, nope,
0: you're good. You're good.
6: Yeah. Oh, okay, great i'm still in martinique tonight hi Hi everybody Uh, nice to meet everybody that's new here uh i am my name is tom i'm living in martinique at the moment which is in the caribbean i'm from montreal before that so i know a lot of the montreal and auto crew in that regard and i've been in the wing game for quite a while now ever since we got kind of first prototypes for wings Uh, because I was writing for Duotone at the time and I was really fortunate to spend most of my first um, couple seasons winging working at a shop Uh, so I got access to a ton of different gear to try and that kind of stuff so if anybody has questions about specific equipment that they are interested in buying or tried and want feedback then I'd be very happy to help with that it's cool to see that we have a, a lot of new people that weren't here last time and I think um let's make an effort to really like if you have a question really make yourself heard so that we can get you answers because last time we kind of rambled along on all kinds of things which were interesting but i think people um that had specific questions and we didn't get them answered
0: so yep. definitely make yourself heard awesome thanks tom all right last
7: Cheers. uh mike hey there uh, it's uh, mike here from the corthell lakes uh, just north of toronto um, been nice. wing foiling for about a year now. I started last November. Uh, had a blast in the winter time on the the lakes, the frozen lakes up here, and uh, I got into wing wing foiling after um, I was competing wakeboarding as a kid. And then I progressed into wake wake surfing for the last decade or so, and then I switched to wake foiling and now into wing wing foiling. Awesome, awesome. Well, hey, thanks for sharing. Welcome to the group.
0: So if we're gonna start talking about wings tonight, um, does anybody have any questions to start off?
1: Hey, uh, I have a question. Uh, it's Noah here. I, di- I didn't get a turn yet to introduce myself. Oh, sorry, Noah.
4: Yeah, come hey, on in.
1: No problem. Hey, uh, perfect example here. Um, if you have a question, one thing that you could do that would help is to either turn your camera on and like put your hand up like this. there's even a feature where you can like raise your hand i'm doing it right now and then i believe luke gets a ping that says so-and-so wants to raise their hand true anyhow my name's noah i'm also um like some of you a light wind wing foiler i live on salt spring island I actually lucky enough to have luke staying with me for the last couple days which was cool we got to really nerd out hardcore and talk about wing gear and all sorts but i just can't get enough (laughs) so i'm here again uh, excuse the background noise. I got two kids, but uh yeah, I like to wing foil. I've been doing it a couple of years, <clears throat> and um yeah, I like to support others as well in their learning journey. And uh
0: Noah, you have um what's your other wing foil
1: group? Also, it's the wing travel. Oh yeah, we have we have we have a well we have a local group called Vancouver Islands Wing Foil that you're all welcome to join if you're not already in it. That's Um, A bit of a hub here for the Wingfoil crew. Um, But then I also started a new group recently. It's called uh, Wingfoil Travel, and that's really a global group for people to share information about wingfoil spots. Um, Like, I'm so curious about Tom's spot in Martinique, for example. There's lots of chit-chat about where to go and when and what it's good for and whatnot. Yeah, Luke just shared the name of it in in the chat there. Anyhow, looking forward to hearing more and chatting more with you all okay we got two
0: how does this work oh we got thomas all right sir and then we'll have peter
8: next all right so this is tommy b calling in from uh ottawa to this awesome talk show thanks for doing this again luke it's been fun absolutely so yeah i was on the last one had a great time and um we made a document uh on that one which we'll share at a later point and uh Tom in the Caribbean did some awesome editing on that with me. So that should be out soon if you want like a a written doc to uh, peruse. Um, Yeah, I'm just, you know, first year winging and uh, totally addicted and making my own boards and in the middle of making a board right now. And um,
0: so it'd be fun to
8: talk uh, board construction in one of these uh, down the
0: line. I think we will do that. Yeah, we can book that in and then uh, get a little show. And I think Tom, we're also going to do some gear as well um go through some wings and go through some boards with tom from martinique i think it should be awesome as well um cool, cool. thanks tommy all right peter sir do you have a question
5: yes so um uh i've got going uh, this summer here at ghost lake and um i have a. Uh, I ended up i have like a five meter um sail or a five meter wing and a uh, go foil um, what is it? A 200, like a, one of those big learner, like it's a giant, like it's a, it's a big, it's a big monster machine, and I couldn't really get up unless I was doing like 15, unless it was 15 gusting to 18 knots, and we get a lot of kind of eight to 10 knot winds. So, what I was wanting to do this year was to go and, and I want to keep the go foil set up. So I was thinking about going to a, what do they call it? The GT. Twenty-two hundred. They're coming out with a GT twenty-six hundred, and then getting. I've read online somebody with like an eight-meter wing, and so um, trying to figure all that out. And plus, where we are here, we're about like four or five thousand feet above sea level. And a friend was saying with windsurfing, like you have probably like twenty percent less power Mm because the air just isn't as dense as at the ocean, and so you got to take that into account. So just looking for advice of anybody who's dealt with that before and then uh, I have another question about winging on the lake in the wintertime Uh, I'd like to ask whoever mentioned but this is the first one for me right now just trying to get a setup for next year
0: okay do we have any gofoil experts in here Tom have you ridden gofoil I have ridden GoFoil. I haven't
6: ridden any of their new GT range, even though um, a good friend of mine and, and yours as well, Luke, John, uh, uh, John is all yeah. over those and he's, he's really liking them. Um, I think first and foremost, what's really important is to set expectations realistically. Um, at a first season, I think that foiling in eight to 10 knots is going to be a pretty big challenge. Uh, that's not an awful lot of wind and, you know, if you have a base of 8 to 10 and it's gusting to, you know, 12, 13, something like that, then it starts being a little bit more realistic. But I think that for a first season, that's going to be quite challenging. Um, I think maybe after I talk, maybe Noah can kind of comment on this as well because we've been chatting and, and he's he's really into that super light wind stuff because that's what he's he's got at home. But I think the, the name of the game for super light wind is having a board that's got a lot of volume, a good amount of length um, to help you take off. You need a big wing. Uh, it depends on your size. I think an eight meter is probably a little bit too big. Uh, you might wanna be looking more into the seven, depending on how much you weigh and how tall you are. And that could be a good thing actually for you to, to jump in and answer here. So how much do you weigh? And how tall okay, are you? I'm
5: like six to 200 pounds. Um, I, I've, I've foiled this summer, so I've got, I can go regular and goofy. Like I can go switch like both ways and I can stay out Good. the window and feel pretty confident. And then the board I have is like a starboard, uh, seven foot, um, like an old, like a last year's version of the wing foil board. So 140 liters, super stable. Yeah. Beautiful.
6: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think at at your size, um, an 8-meter would be totally appropriate in that case. Yeah, that would be a a good move. And I think an 8-meter, like the Strike CWC, is probably going to be a really good option for it. Um, They're really, you know, they're, they're wings that are very easy to use, really easy to take off with, and they stay relatively nimble for their size um eight meters is a big wing there's no way around it so you know regardless of how nimble it is it's going to feel a lot bigger than your five meter that you have now but if you want to be kind of pushing that lower end um you know around the 10 knots and whatnot that's definitely going to be a huge help for you uh i think you have a good size board for that so that's going to be really really good you know you have lots of volume and good good amount of length so that helps takeoff speed. And that's going to be really important if you're looking at getting into foils like that uh, GOFOIL GT that you're talking about. Um, because they do need a little bit more take a little bit more board speed to take off if you have um if you have kind of that higher aspect foil like the GT. So I think that's that that would be a good combination. I didn't hear initially are you already on GOFOIL or do you have uh or is there something you were looking at? No,
5: I'm on GOFOIL I think I have the what do they call it, the Malik. I can't remember the name of it. It's
6: the M- Maliko two
5: hundred.
6: Okay, yeah, the Maliko two hundred is, is already a nice big wing, so that's great. Um, I think I need I I can get back to you on the sizing of of the um, of the GT. I don't know them by heart. Uh, but we can yeah. also
0: connect you with uh, with John Peter, our buddy from Toronto. He's yeah, been riding be go foil for for like two what two three years now since the beginning, and he's tried a whole bunch of different stuff. So we could we could connect you guys as well to ask some questions for him.
6: That would yeah. be great. Yeah, yeah. There's also a crew in Lake Erie um, that are all riding gold foil, and there's a number of them that are pretty big guys as well. Uh, they're mostly into windsurf wave foiling, but the way that they do the the way that they're riding their boards it's actually pretty similar requirements as for uh, winging so they would have really good input on bigger foils as well i think that any way you look at it that kind of a foil that's kind of higher aspect and a little bit quicker is going to be really good for that really light wind stuff just so you have enough glide to to accelerate and you know and pick up that apparent wind and at that point you can start riding is the eight to 10 knots that you get, is that kind of like a stable eight to 10 knots or do you get gusts that are a little bit higher or? Oh yeah, we'll get, it's eight to 10 with gusts to 15. But I can't. Oh, okay. Re- so that's a totally different ball game. Okay. Yeah. That, that's it's, super doable. So if, if yeah, it's gusting to 15, especially with that big wing, um and a big board you'll have enough time to accelerate in the gust as you pick up a little bit of uh, experience and at that point it's totally reasonable to keep flying and in 10 an 8 to 10 with that kind of a big high aspect foil and a big wing that that's super doable yeah. okay yeah
5: yeah because right now with the five like i need like a 18 kind of gust to kind of get this foil up and going and so um nope but that's that's great um if if it's possible to connect me with um uh tom i guess um in in ontario whatever who's who's written them that would be Mm -hmm. that would be great yeah and then yeah it's 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 yeah Um, and
0: also especially like as you're learning i think it took me now i think tom you had a little bit more water time and hey mike welcome thanks for joining Um, we had It took a few years to figure out how to push the board forward and how to pump your wing. So at the start, uh, I was almost sold a little bit more of you can go in lighter wind, but then it was almost like I was windsurfing. I would sit there and not know what to do, and the wing would pull me forward. Uh, It's only now my third season when I've had quite a bit of water time that I've been able to learn how to pump my board. And as you pump your board, you're able to circular kind of pump your wing a little bit, and then you can get yourself down into that lighter range. But yes. at the start, you almost want to be insta-plane kind of thing. Like you want to have a decent amount of power, and yes. um, which does make the learning curve a lot easier because you have no idea what's going on at the start. And that is 100% normal because it, it took, uh, yeah, it took like two and a half seasons, I think, just to figure out this pumping because <laughs> there's so much going on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
9: definitely,
6: okay. definitely. Okay, I agree. Fine I think that as though. you so, we'll game you experience, we'll you're gonna you get John. a lot of uh, yeah. more efficiency. Oh, okay, hundred percent.
0: And then, um, yep. Sorry, go
5: ahead. Well, The second question was uh, to go out on the on the lake in the winter time. Um, I've read a few places that you want to be like in that that you know if you want to go on snow with a pair of skis or snowboard, you probably want to be like seven eight meter sail. Uh, in those kind of same kind of winds. In fact, I can't remember who said they'd do it in the wintertime already on the lake, but.
7: Yeah, it was, it was me. Yeah, I actually, I was using my 5.4 a lot in the winter wintertime, um, but I was, I think what is the most relevant is the type of snow that's on the lake. So I was trying to key up a lot of hard pack days and not go out when the, the snow was fresh. Um, obviously the bigger sail helps, but I was having a lot of fun with my 5.4 actually. And what were you on? Were you on a pair of skis or snowboard? Or uh, I was on or... a snow, snowboard, actually, yeah. Snowboard, okay. Um, yeah. And just, to, sorry to go back and beat the last point, but um, the two trains of thought. So I, I have an eight-meter CWC, and I can use it in the, I'm also the same stats as you. I'm about 6'2", 200, uh, 190 to 200. Um, so I have my eight-meter that I'll pair up with maybe my, my 15, 25 high aspect and I'll have a lot of fun on that on a 70 liter board. But as I've gotten better, what I found is my school of thought has changed to, I bought the CF um, 2400 foil, and I've been pairing that up with a mid-size board. I think my my mid-size is 99. And I'll use the 99, the 5'4 hand wing, and the 24 foil, and that is to me, more fun than trying to lug my eight meter around on my high aspect, fifteen twenty five. So I've been bouncing between those, those two schools. And I think I would rather have a larger foil and a smaller hand wing at this point, just for pumping around right. and, and the maneuverability. So.
0: And you've been and doing some good testing there in the Kawarthas for that. eh?
7: Yeah. 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 Like, like, like very, very similar wind conditions. I'd say my average is eight to 11 and then gusts okay. up to 20, but mostly to 16 to 15. Um, and that's that's okay. kind of the bulk of the days that I'm getting out in.
0: Okay. okay. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks guys. Hey.
7: That's great. Hey, you're welcome.
0: Absolutely. All right, who's up next? Uh
8: can you hear me? I can. All right, so just just to follow up on winter use of, of wings.
2: Oh, it's been. Sure. Uh,
8: it, um, it's pretty big here in Ottawa We use this, the same river we windsurf on and uh, get some good wind. There's a huge um, kiting crew that's doing a lot of snow kiting there, so a lot of them are getting curious with the use of wings. Um, and I would concur that um, snow conditions is really important if you want to go fast and have fun on a wing the crustier hard packed snow are the good days for that and you can get down to using smaller ones skis tend to um be a little easier to start with of course um and you can you can get going with skis by doing a little skate skiing motion to get to sort of unstuck which is a lot harder uh to do with a snowboard you have to Mm be quite a good snowboarder i think to um to be able to jump on a board and use a wing so skis are easier and i think skis are probably a little faster um but if you're a big dude i would maybe use the wing sometimes when the snow conditions are good but i would definitely just get a kite <laughs> way more way more yeah, fun way faster way more power and um it's relatively easy because you don't have to worry about falling in the water and drowning and getting dragged in too many kite mares and uh So that's what some of us are doing. Using the wing sometimes just for novelty, but snow kiting in the winter is way more fun and way more power. That's actually one thing to add
0: to that. Thanks, Thomas. One thing to add to that actually is skates as well. Like I've gone wing, yeah. Yeah. Wing skating is super fun. Uh, You can get out in in next to no wind, you fly up wind. And that, that is something that's super well that, that surprised me of how, yeah. how enjoyable that was. So that's always another option as well. Now the only really? thing to look at in the winter, especially is the wings, uh, if you have uh, windows in them, just to make sure that they don't crack and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. but um, I think the rest of them you are fine. Um,
8: I'd did, say, yeah, I'd say the wing, yep. uh, I'd say the wing skating is the most graceful and mm-hmm. the most speed and um, the transitions are smooth and you feel like you're floating but the problem is finding good conditions they're so fickle it's and, hard. and mother, yeah. mother nature can it's take hard. them away in in, uh, in hours yeah it's hard
0: absolutely yeah. um any of the new guys that are just showing up tonight do you guys have any questions about how to how to get started or where you're at specifically we're happy to to kind of jump in and help out sure Olivier. you
4: Yeah, I have a question regarding my uh, wing quiver. So I live in a a light wind area and I wanted a wing that would be powerful enough to get me in lots of conditions and also to use it in the winter. So I bought a six meter and after I bought a four meter, but I find I have a big gap between these two because when it's like between 15 and 25, my my four meter is not enough, but I feel uh, overpowered with my six. So I was wondering if uh, that quiver is a, is a good choice, or maybe I should go with a five or a four-five something complete. <clears throat> how much? How much do you
0: weigh and how tall?
4: I'm six-two and I weigh one eighty.
0: Okay. And what uh, what brand of wings are you on?
4: I have a, my four meter is a, um, a sling wing, slingshot shot, okay. and uh, the okay. six is a uh, F one. I have a S type uh, starboard foil, two thousand. Okay, and a one hundred ten liter uh, Nash board. Okay, and the sling wing—that's the version one. The V two,
0: V two. Okay, okay, because um. Obviously, wings plays a huge difference. There's some wings, like the F1s, you'll find that they pump extremely well. Um, I'm riding KT this year. Tom, you're riding on, right, as well, on wings? Yes. This year, and um, I I find the KTs, the strikes, the new duotones that are coming out, uh, they pump super well. I've tried the V2s from Slingshot. They pump fairly well as well. Um, That'll definitely help. what I'm finding with the KTs and, and other people can chime in about the other brands, but KTs, the five and the four meter are actually spread out nicely. They're kind of like a windsurf sale. And cause I found the strikes were a little bit closer. So the five meter to a four, two strike, I found there was a decent amount of range. I could have almost went with a three and a five, for example, I'm 155.9, So I guess I'm just one wing down from you. But um, I I did find that the 4.2 and the 5 were, so that's 0.8 was way too close. So I would have went a little lighter, but um, it's hard with certain brands, obviously. Uh, But what about on wings, Tom, are they a little bit closer in spacing or? Yeah, so I think um, before I get to on
6: wings, there's two things to think about is that if you're doing a quiver with two different companies, you really need to try the wings first. So this kind of thing doesn't happen. Um, As Luke was saying, the strikes or the F1 wings in general, they have a very different kind of low end than a lot of other wings. Uh, Mm -hmm. They pump really easily and they can be, you know, you can really, they really do well underpowered. I find they don't do that well overpowered in my opinion um whereas the sling wing i find works really well and kind of like medium power uh, the v2 i haven't tried the v3 yet but the v2 works pretty well and kind of like medium power to overpowered almost so um, i think the issue here is not mm-hmm. this the gap between four and six meters that's usually a decent gap in most companies anyways the bigger issue is that you have uh, one wing that works particularly well in the low end and one wing that works particularly well in the high end and so you have this gap between the two of them and Um, i I think so i I think 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 that's that's your bigger issue than
7: to to me i think the biggest issue is the 2000 square centimeter foil um to feeling overpowered in 15 Mm -hmm. to 18 on a six you can't you can't shut off that power as nice when you're on a 2000 square centimeter foil so I think that's maybe where you're topping out too. Mm. Yeah, right? that's true. And
6: that's actually the other bit about that foil is that as if I'm understanding correctly, it's kind of a, a lower aspect, high surface area foil. Yeah. And those foils are a little bit draggy. So when you get overpowered, you just have all that power in the wing and you can accelerate and kind of relieve that power in the wing. So that's definitely a point there as well. However, that foil should be helping you with the four meter to get up and going earlier. So you should be able to fly before 25 knots on a four meter. You should be flying in about 20 uh, at your size. So it could be, you know, a technique thing a little bit as well. Yeah. Um, that, and that'll, that'll you know, that'll come with time. That does nobody's born knowing how to do that. So mm-hmm. so that's, um, that's something to consider as well. So I think w- what I would say for you is, um, you know, already work, keep working on your technique and, and kind of becoming efficient with that smaller wing it's a really really big difference to be riding a four and a six you know it's a mm-hmm. a little bit of a different pumping technique it's a really different feeling here so i think using that four, even if you think it's a little bit marginal sometimes it might be a good call and i think adding a uh, a foil i i didn't catch who who that was that made that comment but that was a great comment if you add a bit of a smaller foil maybe around 1,600 or 1,500 or something like that.
0: This episode is brought to you by Saladita Kite School in La Ventana, Mexico. If you caught some of our uh, stories yesterday on Instagram, you'll have seen that. I just got in a couple epic days of downwinding. We got a 10-kilometer downwinder done with my buddy Mickey from Salt Spring Island. Today, I got in an epic one with my friend Britt. Um, We went from La Tuna all the way to the beach and back, heck of a fun time if you're looking to learn there's nothing better than getting a lesson from the pros at Saladita Kite School they are positioned at Latuna and now that I've been here a little while I've gotten the opportunity to visit to a couple different spots it is one of the more beginner friendly beaches with some nice sand so you're not walking on any rocks Um, they do offer professional jet ski assisted kite and wing foil lessons Um, So once again, they're at Latuna, so if you want to grab a beer after, grab some ice cream, grab anything, it is a nice little hub there, so you're not just stuck kind of in the middle of nowhere. So they have you covered if you want to learn to kite, foil, or looking into downwinding. they got top quality gear as well, uh, so don't hesitate. Book your lessons today by visiting SaladitaLaventana.com or send them a message on Instagram at School at Saladita kite school or
6: even you know a bit of a higher aspect for it's a little quicker that's gonna allow you to play around uh and fill that gap a little bit uh if you don't want to be changing the wings that you already have
0: okay Mm -hmm.
6: thank
0: you yeah you're welcome yeah i do find that those strikes they have a very good low end and like the v2s for slingshot they're Ah. great they just they don't uh they don't pump quite as well um in that low end so that makes sense thanks for your question though
1: Hey, Luke. Can you... Yes. Hey, it's Noah. I wanted hey, to Noah. add one thing and I also asked Tom in Carib- Caribbean Tom a question. Um, so I guess my the thing that I wanted to share is that uh, I've had this experience getting into the sport, trying to piece together the quiver with used gear and some new gear. And I guess what I've learned and also heard is that a used wing um, can have a decrease in performance over time. Especially if it's yeah, if you've gotten that. it, especially if you've gotten it from a pro who has really used it heavily, um, and so if I don't know your exact specifics, but if you were to say pair a used wing with a new wing, then that would also amplify the difference in power potential. Um, obviously, some use and things stability when overpowered. Yeah, um, is. And then Tom, so the question that I wanted to ask is maybe you could, I, I would love to know more about the difference in technique, pumping a small wing and a big wing. I just kind of go for broke yeah. and, and give her. So I don't. I would love to know some more refined points, you know? That's yeah, actually absolutely. a think thing I, that we could cover. Yeah.
6: So uh, th- this is kind of what works for me. It might not necessarily work for everybody, but I, I'm a bit of a smaller rider. So when I'm on a bigger wing, um, I don't necessarily have the size or the strength to pump it super aggressively. And I think this is the case for most people on their bigger wing, because it's so big that you end up either catching the water with the wingtips or you just can't pump as actively as you would with a small wing. So I find that with a big wing, you kind of have these big, slow, you know, constant pressure pumps that you can then slowly accelerate. Uh, And after that, You can, you know, once you start moving, then you can pump the wing a little bit more, but it's really more of a passive takeoff with a big wing. Whereas with the little wing, initially when you start pumping it, you're going to feel like there's really not that much in the wing, but the more you pump that thing, the more power you're going to get in it. and You can just really build up your apparent wind and accelerate really, really quickly. I've used apparent wind now twice. I don't know if everybody knows what that is, but basically Uh, You have your real wind, which is the wind when you stand on the beach and and you feel that wind. And then apparent wind is the wind that is created when you're moving. So it's the combination between that wind that you're moving and creating and the wind that is the real wind. That is your apparent wind. And that's what you're riding on. That's what kiting you're riding on or windsurfing or or any any sail-powered sport, you're actually using your apparent wind. And the reason that's important when you're on a foil is, especially in gusty conditions, if you can keep your speed up, your apparent wind stays up. So if you have a big draggy foil and really gusty conditions, then you can't go as fast, which means your apparent wind can't go as high, which means that you can't just burn through the lulls easier. Um, mm-hmm. There you go. So that that's apparent wind. Uh, and then just a little quick note on the stretching of the wings. Yeah, that's definitely a thing. Um mm-hmm. The canopies on basically all wings these days, There's a little bit of XY coming in, but I'm going to ignore that for the moment because it's, it's a little bit more niche. But basically all wings have Dacron canopies, um, which means that they do stretch over time. And, you know, each company has a little bit of a different way of dealing with it. I know that some of the earlier duotones came too flat initially and then break in and then you'd have the kind of the shape that they're supposed to have. And after that, they blow out Um, some companies come and they have a really, you know, perfect shape right away. And then it'll stretch from there and it becomes less great. Um, You know, it doesn't mean that the wing just stops working, but it definitely changes the performance. And especially when you're overpowered, I find when a wing kind of stretches and gets baggy it flaps a little bit more and it's a little bit less stable and it doesn't accelerate as much more pulls so you feel overpowered more often um and as Noah was saying if you buy your wing used especially from a pro um you know that you can stretch out a wing pretty quick like I I remember getting a new duotone wing um it was a four meter and in one session, I noticed that the wing stretched because I wrote it overpowered and I was really pushing it that session. And I noticed that it stretched mm-hmm. then. So, you know, it, it definitely can go really, really quick if you have somebody that is pushing the wing hard.
0: I just learned a little bit about the different kind of materials they're using as well from Comox Kite Repair this year. Because they have some that have, I think it's the double stitch or something and there's triple stitch coming through the so if you look, it's,
6: it's the um, what's it called uh, uh, it's eluding me right now rip stop. triple or double or single rip stop. that's it so um,
0: kts are yeah. doing three the uh i know the ocean rodeos were two now he showed me something else that he wasn't allowed to show me but that was a pretty cool material so um we don't know what if if that's going to come out there in the next year or so but apparently that stuff didn't stretch at all so who knows, but I know the KTs with the threes, they're not as tight as the strikes. So I haven't noticed much of a stretch yet, but they are triple stop versus double. So I'm curious about that as well um, to see how that goes. Obviously they still tear relatively easily. Um, they are all, all the, all the ones that I've tried, at least, if you drop them on your foil or the foil drops on it, they're going to get it, but repairing is pretty quick and easy, but Stretching is an issue for sure. Okay, does anybody else have uh, have any questions?
8: Yeah, uh, just a fun, funny comment on one of the forums that, that I, I chat with, some people are thinking about because they're good sewers thinking of taking in a seam or taking in some fabric and to re-tighten their wings. So I'm curious to see which one of them Takes that plunge and does it first. I'm not sure if anyone's done it yet, but that's a, a thought.
0: True enough. That might change the pumping dynamic and stuff. Wait, might t- no
8: might tighten it up if you knew what you were doing. Oh. Yep.
6: Yeah, I um, think with the, with the Andrew, panel shaping that you have on most yeah. wings, you're gonna have to take
0: quite a few yeah, stitches. That's true, for actually. it to- that's true. Actually, to, Andrew and Chris. Hello. Hey, Sorry. how are I
9: you? Heard my it's name a little. I'm not sure <laughs> if you were uh, talking to me or asking me something.
0: No, yeah, I just saw you came in kind of uh, a few minutes in. So just wanted to, wanted to say hey and welcome and see if you had any questions.
9: Thanks. Um, yeah, no, I um, I appreciate the input from last week. I picked up the the foil, the the SAP FOIL eleven hundred, which oh, I have beautiful. Haven't really had a chance to try just because it hasn't been windy out here. In this is in Victoria, but okay. uh, yeah, looking Monday. Monday wind- looks windy. How to use it?
0: Yeah, we might get twenty to thirty on Monday. Apparently Noah was saying. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I may actually have to go pick up my windsurf gear and and I might actually get to play around Clover Point. That would be awesome.
8: Yeah.
9: Nice. Well, I'm. i've tried uh going out on the board in just minimal wind and it's not a board i can stand up on so it's just going to be it's me with a board that is plus 22 uh over my weight uh you know plus 22 liters so i know the recommended is probably 30 35 for someone who's windsurfed before so i think i'm going to be floundering around a little bit but um yeah, looking forward to uh, figuring it out. I just figured I'd drop in and, and see what you guys were discussing today.
0: Absolutely. We're, we're going to be looking into, well, we started talking a little bit about wings and then brands and then um, just answering some basic questions around that stuff. Um, but Andrew, did you, have a, did you have a question? Welcome to the group. Yeah,
10: no, I'm just a uh, kiter looking to make the transition into winging and looking to buy some wing gear. So um, okay reading lots, just trying to be a sponge, taking in all the information. Um, is there a brand sure. that should, we should just stay away from that are really not good? Like, you no, know, or is there something yeah. that, you know? If you want a
0: bed sheet, buy a Nash and uh, they'll be great in 40 knots, but you won't be able to get going until 40 knots. But for some reason he loves that stuff, but it all depends honestly on what you like. I guess we could transition into the different kinds of handles and all that kind of stuff. We, we all kind of ride different brands and we all like different brands for one reason or another. Um, I personally like um, soft handles because they're easier on the hands, especially when it gets in the cold water. Um, I've tried the booms and I've tried the small handles, the hard, small handles and I'm not as much of a fan as just the comfy little, um, handles that the strikes have or the kts have um, so that's handles and stuff there but there's such a variety it all depends on what somebody likes some of the windsurfers and i'm a windsurfer but they love the booms like tom you like the echo at the star day and and thomas you like the uh what was the one that you got there that had those harder handles yeah, the, the cabrina with sort of the, the mini hard handles i like those yep yeah. Mm-hmm. now apparently on, on the on the duotones the new duotones there's one wing that came into uh kite repair the guy let go of his leading edge hand with the hard handle and it it completely ripped the center strut out um the whole wow. wing just separated in two because of the hard handle but um that's just a yeah, poor so- design though to be fair that's not a hard
6: handle issue
0: <laughs> yeah i think so So I guess it it depends on, for for me, it it depends on how light of wind you wanna go, what brands are good for pumping, um, what conditions do you like riding in? Because there's so many things and variables to consider. Uh, Some wings will sit behind you when you're surfing a lot better. Some wings are good for low end, some wings are good for high end. You got all these different variabilities and handles as well. Um, And I think all of us would probably say we love our individuals. I'm riding KT, love those. And and they flag well and they're relatively light. The strikes are still, I think, the lightest in the class pretty much. Are they still leading the way?
6: Not if you're considering Lula wings, but in the um, kind of the, and any wing that's using just Dacron, I think, yeah, the strikes are quite light. I I know the on wings are pretty similar weight wise. There's maybe 100 grams or something like that difference um, per size. So quite similar. And I think the KTs are pretty similar as well.
0: we would also no, recommend staying away so, from any no longer V1s. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Tom. i cut you off.
6: No, no worries. I have a bit of a lie, guys. So sorry if I'm um, kind of cutting people off or people are cutting me off. There's no problem. It's not, um, it's just the internet's a little crappy here. But yeah, okay. um, I had a quick, yeah, I, oh, sorry. No worries. J- just to finish, round up that V1 question. I think, yeah, most V1s are not great. I think the F1 V1s mm-hmm. are are pretty good if you find ones that aren't too stressed out yet, um, and potentially the V1 Ozones are not that bad. Um, but other than that, most of the first generation wings were not that great. Uh, having said that, mm-hmm. there's a lot of companies that came into the game a little bit later, so their V1s mm-hmm. are not so bad. Like On, for example, came in uh, later into the game, so their V1 kind of came out when most V2s came out or maybe like V1 and a half let let's call it. Uh, and then that wing, you know, is kind of in that ballpark in kind of like a first-and-a-half, first second-generation wing, so it's already a pretty decent wing. But from the big brands um, that kind of came out with it right away, I would definitely say uh, the V1s, for the most part,
0: are not great. Has uh, anybody ridden the, um, what is it, North and Nova?
6: Yeah, that's that that I would consider as a newer company that came into it, and that's a pretty decent wing at the V1. Okay, okay,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. The KT's just came out this year, and their V1s were were great. Um, just be careful buying. <laughs> I guess we're all coming from used classifieds, but that's the thing, right? Like, be careful what. Obviously, ask some questions and see how long they've been riding the wings and why they're selling them. It's always nice, but yeah, the V2s, and then obviously there's a few brands, um, but. I think overall now people are catching up a little bit. Um, it just depends what you want to do with your wing. But Chris, you had a question?
9: What, what was it that you didn't like about Nash? That's the one I have. I have a, a oh, okay. 5.3 and you said it was a bit like a bed sheet or something. Um, it, I, I wasn't sure how different, how other wings are different because I haven't used other wings. So uh, Are yeah. you
0: around this weekend in Vic or Monday? I, I should be. Um, okay. Because I have, if, if we end up going to Ross Bay or something, I'll let you hold the the KT and you can demo that. So the main difference, now I tried a Nash, I think it was last year. But um, so it was pumpability and the stiffness of the wing to generate that power. Okay. So I found that on the Nash, I would just, you could pump, but it would be, the wing was so soft and the canopy tension was so, like, so stretched. Yes. That I could not generate any power whatsoever. Okay. Um, so it was more of a higher end wing. I think we're kind of switching to that kind of terminology now. One wing is amazing for this and for high wind and stuff like that. The Nash would be great. But um, if you're looking to get out in light wind, then you're going to have a very hard time, from my experience on that wing, pumping. Um, I couldn't pump it at all. Okay. Yeah. It, yeah, I you know, had the same experience as well.
6: That's
9: your experience as well, Tom?
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to try the V1 and the V2 Nash, and they both um, were kind of that, you know, pretty dead in your, in your hands feeling. They're stable-ish, which is nice, but you, they really don't respond very well to pumping. So if you have enough mm-hmm. wind to just kind of sheet in and go, then yeah, it works but I would really encourage you to try take a look up on that offer and,
0: and try the KT win. Um, yeah. It's a night and day difference for, for pumping. And I think there was an interview with Robbie and he said, he just liked the feel of that wing and he wasn't interested in getting modern and techy like the race when surf sales kind of thing. He just liked the fact that, that it was like that. Um, but yeah, so that that'll make learning a bit harder as well. Yeah um LA
3: Okay any um uh, comment on the Armstrong V2 foils yeah uh, no the uh, the wing so the uh, oh i haven't, haven't yeah written
6: the Armstrong
0: the, yeah the Armstrong uh, wing the hand wings i haven't ridden an Armstrong hand wings has anybody I haven't either. I think that their first generation was not very well received, and their second
6: generation is pretty similar to the second generation ozone, which was quite well received. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, yeah, they've got good okay. foils. I, I like their foils for tight foiling and all this. And yeah, mm-hmm. and nice product, uh, very streamlined and so on. But I'm not sure about the uh, uh, their wing altogether. But
0: fair.
9: Sure. Um, I, okay. I I finally got.
0: To- I finally got to try their their boards actually, a 60 liter board. Oh yeah. And um, that one was nice. It it was a nice board. Yeah, I've got the 90
3: uh, liter uh, board. Okay. Uh, Yeah, yeah. So, okay, well, you might get the chance to try the 4.5 V2 in uh, Ross Bay.
4: (laughs) Hey, cool. Yeah,
0: cool. Thanks. Hey, you're welcome. So anybody else uh, have some questions for us? Or for anybody actually we've got a nice panel
10: are you uh are you guys noticing um build quality because i hear a lot of wingers are beating up their kites pretty good with putting the wing through them stuff so like that uh, is there a big difference mm-hmm. in quality of the
0: wings i know that that um yeah some are built lighter some are built tougher um some are built like i I did check out the kts because i just happened to be riding those this year but i found the construction was a little bit heavier um now i heard the new cwc like geese out in ottawa that thing the material started to stretching i think or it was more the sewing started to undo but overall um tom do do you have any input on that one Look, I don't know if you were talking to me there, but I, it totally cut out as... Oh, okay. No, no worries. Um, Andrew, did you want to repeat your question for him?
10: Yeah, just uh, wondering about build quality on the wings. I know a lot of guys are putting their foils through their wings, and I know um, it looks like Ocean Rodeo is also coming out with that new material that they had at the AWSI. I saw the videos on YouTube there that they're saying it's going to be okay. foil-proof. So just kind of yep. curious on the different constructions on the wings. Yeah, totally. I think the
6: um, the foils through the wings is not really a build quality issue in my mind. That's more of a durability issue. And apart from those new materials, which I personally haven't seen or tried yet, they're, I think it's pretty similar. I mean, if you if you put your wing into the edge of a sharp foil, it's going to rip. Basically, regardless of what wing that you have, Um, in terms of build quality, there are differences for sure. And I think in material choices, kind of like Luke was saying, some companies err towards a little bit more robust. Some companies err towards a little bit lighter. I think that kind of the best compromise, in my opinion, is finding a wing that's built with a relatively with as durable of materials as possible, and just has as little as possible on the wing which makes it light um some wings have just a lot of buckles and belts and all kinds of handles and stuff like that and and that adds weight all that stuff so finding something that's kind of really you know very little handles as simple as possible and just kind of good build quality um good materials is is kind of the way to go and that that'll hold up the best in terms of stretch over the long term and in terms of abrasion uh, against the board and just in normal use. But in terms of accidents, like a foil going through it, I think that, um, you know, regardless of how much you pay for the wing, you're probably going to tear it. (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm. Now, apparently that new ocean rodeo material is supposed to be tear proof, but you can't fold it or something. So we'll see but if you compare if you add that with Alula, you're probably going to be looking at the price of a small Civic or something for that wing <laughs> so yeah it totally. depends how much money you depends how much money you want to spend too there's some wings like um, that come in at a, at a decent ballpark range where you don't feel so bad buying something new and you can spin it for like 60 whatever 70 80 percent and, and it's it's doable for somebody starting. But one thing to keep in mind, if you're going to go out and buy a $2,500, $3,000 wing, like there's not a lot of people that would buy that used when they can go out and buy a brand that's quite good for for, for cheaper. So that is one thing that I've found that's a, bit, that's a bit scary, I find, when wings start to get that expensive. Um, but overall, yeah, it, it depends on how light you want to go Strikes are the lightest and some others that are the lightest, but obviously, if you look at how they're constructed, if you're a bigger guy, then that will you will put more wear in that vehicle. No different than taking a a Honda Civic down a logging road versus an F250 or something, your suspension just built a bit more. I, I would consider this almost the same thing. Okay, yeah. But that being said, right, D and Thomas and stuff and other guys in Ottawa who are 200 to around the 200 mark, were using the strike eight meters and, and those things were going very well and those are fairly light construction. Now, I'm not sure how many years they'll last and how, how long they'll take until they stretch out. But, um, but that's just, yeah, one thing to note. Okay. Does anybody have any any other questions? We're we're just cracked the nine oh six marks, so happy to kind of do a final round and go into even leashes and stuff like that. If anybody wants to know more about those things,
8: why don't you why don't you talk about leash
0: setups and things like that? Sure. Um, I use a waist coil. Um, for me, I find that's been pretty comfortable. I did try a shorter coil on the ankle the other day and that was kind of nice. When you're learning, I find that um, the waist is quite nice for myself and and other people can chime in on what they like best, but the waist was kind of cool because it does keep everything out of the way. So you just have your one wing tied to your wrist, left or right wrist, depending on what you prefer. Sometimes how I tie my wrist leash onto my wrist is based on the wind direction. And when I'm coming in, sometimes it's easier for me to have the wing downwind of me and the leash tied to that same wrist so if i'm going out like i kind of set it up sometimes for coming home especially if you have a little shore break it's just a bit of a pain in the butt having your your wrist kind of thing and everything tied across when you're coming back in but that's that's fairly fairly minor but waist leash i found has been awesome Um, coil i like coil because it kind of stays out of the way um, if it's a, just a long surf leash, it's a lot easier to get wrapped up in your foil, wrapped up with yourself. Um, and mine's a Velcro one. So if anything happens, there's a little handle on it. I can kind of Velcro off. Keep in mind that those boards will take off. So you want to have a leash that's strong enough to kind of hold it. Uh, you don't want to go too small because if that thing does snap, um, you will most likely not catch your board this year. I was on a lake on, on Vancouver Island. I was giving my mom a lesson and I guess I I must've not tied the wrist strap well enough. So I fell and then my wing was three feet in front of me. So I could see it was just in front of me and the wrist strap was just lying there in the water. So I swam to get it. Sure enough, a swell would take it. It would push it a little bit. And then my wing caught some wind and it just took off. So make sure when you're putting on those leashes, both wrist and uh, waist or whatever, that they're on well, that they're properly fastened, um, especially attaching to your board. Uh, normally what I do is if I'm attaching a piece of rope to it, I'll take, uh, I'll burn the rope a little bit to make sure that that knot is super strong. And I test that thing quite a bit. All the little things you want to test before, before going out, um, because losing a piece of equipment like that um, based on what you have. If you lose your board, it'd be a lot harder to get in, especially um, your wing, it's a little bit easier. You can kind of just swim back in, but that's what I've noticed with leashes so far. Does anybody else have any other comments of what they use and why they like them? Alain? Um, any drawback having the
3: waist uh, attached to your uh, wing instead? Because like, you, you've got your waist to the board, right?
2: Uh, mm-hmm. like I was thinking
3: maybe for paddling, you, you'd be free to move your arms around, but any, I don't have a set uh, protocol yet.
0: Yeah. Some, some guys seem to like it. I, I, I've tried it once where I just tied for swimming in, like I just took it off my, yeah. my, my wrist and I put it down. Um, that was kind of nice because it, it allowed me to swim in faster. This was just in the swim in kind of a thing um other times i would just take it off my wrist and put it on my ankle okay so it would it would free up some actually there's one good point to mention obviously the the leashes are all different lengths so the kt's are 120 and then they go up to 150 so they are relatively long so you yeah. can yeah. swim with them a little bit easier but some of the shorter leashes are very difficult to swim with so it, it really does depend what you're comfortable with okay. I, I like having it attached to my wrist just because it is one less thing to get wrapped around the board in that kind of thing. And then if your leashes get twirled together, yeah. um, that's a bit of a pain in the butt. Because if you're in stronger wind or if you're stuff like that and you happen to say, oh, whatever, I'm just going to take my wrist leash off or this off to untangle it. And then you happen to like look somewhere and you drop it. Well, it's gone. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. So
0: those are all things to take into consideration. Okay. but um, some guys do like that that waste waste combo, so
3: yeah okay. so there's no there's no real protocol, no no said it's a preference in, yeah fine. But when you're writing down when when you've caught a wave and all this and you're just uh, flagging your your wing, uh, do you find is there any advantage one way or the other?
0: Um, I'll have to call in to see if there's anybody else, because for me personally, it's been the KTs, you can kind of even let them go and you can kind of hold on to the leash and they fly behind you. Like when I lost my wing, I actually had to, luckily my mom was downwind to me. So I went and grabbed and I borrowed her four meter. I went down to mine. I tied the four meter to my wrist and I used the five and I flew back up with both wings and the four flew perfectly kind of behind me. So it really does. I, I think for that particular situation it's more the brand of the wing that you're choosing and how comfortable and how well it flies while it's being flagged and then the wrist situation but um but i don't know does anybody ride with the the wing on their waist okay i'm the only one i guess you're the only one yeah if it's comfortable i I didn't know which way to go so i I just pick one Okay, good. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. Okay. I, I think yeah. it's awesome that yeah. I, I did ride it and it was very nice to not have, like you're just more free, right?
5: Yeah, yeah.
0: And uh, I always try to keep my, obviously the leash for the board behind me. So yeah. I did tie it to the front of me and I find that was okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, whatever you feel comfortable with. I, I think a friend of ours, even Tom, John there in Toronto, he had a uh, like a, a little spring retracted leash.
5: Oh, yeah. Um,
0: like a little bucket or whatever. And that thing curled in. He seemed to like that. Like um, yeah. Yeah. And last year, what I did is I used a surf leash and I went and got a tactical military belt yeah. with a D ring on it. And yeah. I did that for last year. And then mm-hmm. this year I switched. I could always post it on the group. We could always do a post of all the stuff that we're using. If people yeah. are interested yeah. And, yeah. and and seeing where we buy them and how much are they, that kind of thing. Cause I yeah. got this one from a shop in Victoria in Cadborough Bay. And, um, it's, yeah. I think it's, it's a Hawaii product, but it is pretty beefy. Yeah. So I, I cause I'm always looking at the joints and how long I'm going to take before I replace it. Cause that's like three, four grand attached to your feet. You don't want to lose that. No, no, Yeah. no, no. I had, uh,
3: I had the wing uh, ripped off my hand. Uh, I had, uh, about a second hand and the Velcro was worn out a little bit and, uh, the, the leash caught it and it was a three meter and it just flew and just disappeared at the end of the, the bay and uh, it was a sad sight to see. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I freaked yeah, out.
0: Yeah. yeah well that's pretty cool you freaked, it,
3: uh, is wing falling that's good.
0: <laughs> yeah at least you're still at I, I luckily was able to catch mine because uh, yeah. it was still I was in the center of the lake but if I hadn't had somebody else with me I would have been out to lunch so at that point, you're. You're yeah, pretty disappointed I was, I was but someone, someone picked it up but uh, yeah oh awesome yeah awesome well thanks awesome. hey you're welcome um impact vests obviously and helmets are another good thing to talk about helmet that that kind of goes low in the back of your spine as well one of my buddies here this year he was downwind of his board and what happened is is the the board flipped and the foil came up and the foil kind of came down What we could actually do next time is go into maybe some of the safety stuff, basics uh, about that kind of thing. Um, Where to position yourself, or should you be always upwind of your board, downwind of your board? Um, How is the easiest way to get on? That kind of thing we can kind of talk about as well, because there's a lot of techniques that all of us have, especially based on, if you're learning, like I was teaching, I've been teaching for two summers part-time. And I was able to watch a lot of clients on the jet ski and stuff and see how they learn and, and everybody does it slightly different. And there's some techniques and stuff, especially when you get into smaller boards or even just learning on the bigger boards, that'll help you progress a little faster. So what we'll do is we'll book that in for next week. And what we can do is talk about some of those points, but, um, helmets are super important. And then impact vests are also quite nice at the start as well, especially when you're starting to get into some S turns on your board, um, I was teaching at uh, Elevation for Marie this spring. I taught for her for about a month. And then last year I was teaching in China Creek on Vancouver Island. So I don't think I'll have time next year to teach just because work schedule online just kind of exploded. But um, I was teaching for both of those schools and it was a super fun experience seeing kind of that transference of joy and seeing people light up as they learned a sport that has done so much for me and all my buddies. Um, it, it was a super fun experience to do, but, um, but impact vest as I was going on, um, as soon as you start to go and then your, your, your foil, your boards get light and you're not sure how to control it at the start, it's a really good idea to have that vest on in case you do kind of come down. Um, it, it will definitely help with float, obviously, to help you get home, but it will help with board impacts. I took the board to the gut a few times. The first times I was trying I think it was heel side tacks and, and regular tacks when I was up and riding for about a season after a season I started practicing some of that stuff and I found that the impact vest and obviously helmet combo were definitely something that's comfortable I don't ride with impact as much anymore because I like to be a little bit lighter and it gets it just gets too hot in the lakes but normally if I'm in the ocean I have a vest on in case anything happens if I'm in a safe lake I don't worry about it as much so anybody else have any points on on leashes or any of that kind of safety gear
6: um yeah i can maybe comment on leashes i stole my wife's phone because my uh, yeah you're not
0: you're not a in that's all right
6: no that's okay um yeah i think the i'm a big fan of the waist leash as well as you were saying and i think a coil um, for the board is a really good option I don't know if I this was mentioned or not while I was gone but the um, wrist leashes I think are most of them are, are really not very good uh, the only ones that I've tried that I've liked are the F1 ones which are um, kind of like a, a rope with a bungee integrated into it that seems mm. to be the best um, wrist leash that I've tried I haven't tried the wing on the, on the waist yet but there's definitely uh, people that like it The biggest thing about leashes is uh, use them because there's a lot of people that are not using board leashes. And the first time that I tried winging, somebody else was trying it with me at the same time. And he, within 15 seconds, he lost the board and was never able, would never have been able to catch it. There was a kite that helped them to pick it up, but they just take off. So really definitely use a leash. Um, And you know, try to experiment. There's all kinds of different options. Try to work it out and see what works for you, but find a system that works for you and definitely use a leash. Mm
0: -hmm. The KT leashes are actually pretty good. Um, They got a good, good, like wrist hold as well. And there is that little um, pivot kind of material there or metal piece or whatever. I can't remember even what you call it, but it has that joint where you can kind of curl it a little bit. Swivel, that's it. Yeah, so they do have those things built in, but some of them they don't like at least the f1s you can put them on and there is that buckle there so you can kind of wrap over top some of them are not made like that and just be very careful with that velcro sometimes what i do is i put it on i velcro it and i move my velcro side to side uh just so that it catches a little bit more because some of them they will undo and explode and then once they explode they're gone so especially with gusty conditions if you're getting into higher wind like uh the wind does definitely catches that wing and it'll toss it forward. It'll toss it forward quite a bit.
6: Oh yeah, totally. If you lose your wing, there's no way you're you're getting back to it unless it's super, super light wing.
0: Yeah. They they just catch like a little airplane and take off. So, well guys, if nobody has any more questions, we might wrap tonight's call up. And uh, what we can do next time is go into some, even just getting on the board, all those kind of different basics and safety basics as well. Um, kind of wrap in, do the same thing, kind of question format. So what we can do is just keep the floor open for a few more minutes, and if not, we'll we'll call it a night, and I'll see if I can catch a ferry or if I'm uh, if I'm sleeping somewhere else tonight. <laughs> you know me. <laughs> Alright guys, I think we're pretty much good then. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. If you have any questions, throw them up in the forum as well. More than happy to answer, 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 answer any specific questions for you and then even point you towards people um, that can't answer those questions if we can't. But we're building a pretty good community there so everybody's pretty stoked to help each other out. So thanks a lot for joining and we will hopefully see some of you next week.
3: Thank you very much, uh, Luke. Thank, thanks you. Thank yeah. you. Thanks,
0: guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for hosting. Like Enjoy your night, guys. Fun.
3: Anybody yeah. going to Mexico for sure. this weekend? Thanks,
0: guys. All right, bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Wing Life Podcast. On the next episode, we're going to be talking about Once again, Wing Foiling Basics, going deeper down that rabbit hole, helping you find the exact information you need to getting yourself on the water. Stay tuned, and I'll see you next time.